As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of the podcast. You're listening to Financial Choices Matter because they do. And Charles and I are here once again to have a great conversation about investing, finance, and retirement. And this week, we're going to play a little fact or fiction. I've got some fun questions I'm going to ask Charles about the financial realm and just some things we hear in the uh, that arena, that space, if you will, and let Charles give us some answers and some breakdowns on that. But first, we're going to say, hey, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm great. How are you, Mark? Doing pretty good. Hanging in there. Had a little fun question for you to kick things off on this week's podcast. Okay. Uh, Warren Buffett, you know the uh, the Oracle of <laughs> Omaha. There, he yeah. joined the hundred billion dollar club. Uh, it's the the top five richest people in the world that have over a hundred billion dollars. He's one of them now. Four of those are American. One is a, a French fella uh, whose family owns a lot of very uh, a lot of businesses. I can't even think of all of them: Prada, Louis Vuitton, so on and so forth. Okay. But anyway, Warren okay. joined this club. So yeah. for fun, if he totally just forgot everything he knew about investing and sat down and said, "Hey, Charles, I need some help. How would you advise him?" Okay. Well, if, if Warren Buffett, if I didn't recognize him, then I'd probably ask him who he was. But since he's pretty recognizable, uh, true. very true. I would, you know, I would probably tell him, you know, if he said, oh, I've got all this money and I don't know what to do with it. And I would ask him how much he had. And he's going to tell me that. And it's like, I have no idea because you're, you know, your, your needs are way beyond the scope of what I'm good at. And, and we always tell people, we know what we don't know. And okay. that's something we don't know. Uh, that and takes some. That takes some uh, some security in, in oneself to be able to say, oh. "I want to turn down that hundred billion dollar business." Yeah. Why? Well, why would I want to screw it up? Very true. I mean, he could afford for me to screw it up. That would be. But that's, that's not the point, one way right? To yeah. Look at it. Yeah. But yeah. I, you know, we 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 like working with the people that we know we can really make a huge difference for. And I have no idea, honestly and truly, what would make a huge difference for him other than to suggest that he's, you know. That, and I know it to be true already, uh, that you give it all away. Because Great. how many people can you help yeah. uh, with that much money? And the answer is a gob of them. Yeah. And again, another financial another term. Another financial term, right? Like, yeah, we, yeah, I think we, I used that in the last You podcast. did, yeah. It it's seems a, it's, to be the new, the new term, of the, term of the year here. Yeah, it's very technical. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's getting, I, I try not to talk technical, but That's I, right. sometimes I get carried away. Well, you know, I uh, really like that answer because a lot of times, you know, it's again. It's it's being honest and saying, "Hey, this is this is where our strengths are in our wheelhouse, and I would be yeah. better served, you know, to do this." I would imagine. If, well, let me show you. I'm going to show you a couple of books, Mr. Buffett, and I'd, I'd give him his own books. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I'd give him his own these? rule. Yeah, I'd give him his own rule and say, first rule, since you need to learn learn about investing, is never lose money. You know, and rule yeah, number two yeah. is see rule number Re- one. Yeah, remember rule number one. Exactly. exactly. No, I, yeah, I know. I mean, honestly, I mean, why would why would somebody I, you know, then you'd spend all your time worrying about, did I do it? Did I do a good job? What, what didn't I do? But if he didn't know any better, I mean, if he didn't know anything that I guess you could do anything and anything would be better, but it's still, that's not, right. it's not a fit for us. I mean, honestly, there's times when we have spent the first 10 or 15 minutes of an interview with somebody the very first time uh-huh. trying to figure out, do we want him as a client or not? Can A, can we help him? B, do we think we want to work with him? And C, if we can help them, do they want our help? Right. And there's a lot of times we'll just say, nah, I don't think we're going to be a good fit for you. But you know what? That's really, that's good though, because a lot of times I think 
potential clients out there in any industry don't often realize that, yeah, there's definitely businesses that will take anybody that comes through the door. But, you know, there's certain industries where I think you want to have that good fit and it goes both ways. So as the oh, potential yeah. client, you want to work with somebody that gets you, that understands, that can help you and that you like and, and feel like you can have yeah. a good relationship. With. And it yeah. goes the opposite way. The advisor, yeah. you know, you want someone who's going to also enjoy working with you. I don't want my advisor handling my money if he can't stand me. <laughs> you know? Well, no, and, and, I, and we don't want people that, that we're, they're paying us for the advice, but then they don't take the advice. What's right, the point? if you don't implement it, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, no, it's, it's, to us, it's real simple. All right, well, there um, you go. You know, sorry, Warren. Sorry, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's keep having some fun here. Let's go on and do our fact or fiction. Ooh. I'm going to tee you up here, Charles. Uh, fact or fiction, your Social Security is taxable. Probably, absolutely. Probably, absolutely. Unless you, are, unless you have very low income, it will be taxable. And it becomes complicated to try to explain in a podcast. And I know, you know, as, as I have said over and over on these podcasts over the, you know, the, all the time we've been doing them. This is number 66, yep. This is number 66. Call the office and talk to Sherry because she knows it backwards and forwards. The Social Security stuff. Always, the Social Security and the Medicare stuff. Gotcha. She, I defer to her all the time. I, I have said before, I will say again, I know enough to be dangerous and I know enough to tell you to talk to her. To well, Social Security, people. so it, it definitely can be taxable. So it's definitely a fact. Uh, it, yes. There's some percentages that break in there, right? And, and oh, there's yeah. a certain amount, yeah. but it's, it, it is a fact that it is potentially taxable. For most people, it's going to probably be taxable. Yeah, and yeah, a lot of I mean, us think that it's not. They're like, hey, wait a minute. Didn't no, I pay tax on that money already? Yeah, you did. You get taxed on it twice. You yeah. paid it. You, there was a tax you paid to, to, to put it into the system, and it's a, t- a tax that you pay as you take it out of the system. So yep. the government figured that one out. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> again, you might be surprised by that, so that's why we're playing fact or fiction. So it yep. is a fact that Social Security can be taxable. All right, Charles, how about this one? Fact or fiction, your taxes will likely be lower in retirement. It used to be a fact, and now it's fiction. Okay. And I say I say that. So that's you know went both ways. That's just because tax rates are so na- so low right now historically that going forward, and we talk about taxes a lot on the shows, but it's the inevitable reality that's going to impact everybody. It does every day, whether you like it or not. Right. And and you were told for years and for decades, defer your defer your income, defer 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 defer. Because you'll be in a lower tax bracket when you retire. I, I'm going to bet that's not going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, and to your point, that used to be the case. But even if oh, even yeah, if the numbers, yeah. you know, Charles, even if the numbers stayed where they're at right now under the current administration or the current tax uh, setup that the prior administration did, excuse me, they're also narrowing the gap and stuff. So there's a good chance that you know you could still stay. Let's say you're making a hundred thousand dollars and you're in the twenty two percent tax bracket, and you drop down to let's say eighty is what's coming in in retirement because you don't need quite as much. You're still in the twenty two percent tax bracket. So, yeah. you know, yeah, no, it, you're not, you're, you're, the, yeah. And, and if they, I don't know, you know, when I started working, uh-huh. uh, the, the highest marginal tax bracket was 70%, seven zero. Right. Yep. That wasn't, I mean, that wasn't that long ago. And back in the thirties, right? It, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Sure. Uh, don't give my secrets away. Uh, <laughs> God. You gotta love uh, this guy, folks. He's, he just, he rolls with the punches. Oh, hey, you know. I'm old enough to know that Mark's just being silly. That's right. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, to your point though, there, we actually had a 94% tax bracket uh, oh, yeah. once upon a time, and that, and if right you lived after, in California, it was a six percent state one. So that's a hundred percent. Yeah, that's yeah. Up after you made two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why Ronald Reagan made two movies a year for $100,000 right. each, and then he quit. And then he quit, because the third movie yeah. went to the government. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, so I mean, no, it, it's been there before. And and so, yeah, it, it used to be nice to think, okay, I'll just I'll just defer to the future, and then I'll be in a lower tax sure. bracket. Uh-uh. Not, not, not anymore. Yeah, and, I, and I get it. Let's, yeah, I do too. I, I get it. That's the tried and true, especially if you're a retiree or even a pre-retiree. Charles, I'll be 50 this year in a couple of months, and so you know I'm going to be in that pre-retiree category, right? And so we kind of, you know, maybe on my end of the spectrum versus let's say 60, where my brother's at, you know, you kind of have that uh, the mentality that's kind of beating your head. You you know, put it in a 401k, defer, defer, like you just said, and we kind of do that because that's all we really hear. So we think yeah. that's the best way to go. And hey, yeah. I'm not saying it's at least it's something. It's better than doing absolutely zero. But you can take some action and put some onus on yourself to go, all right, how can I get more prepared for this? Because the chances are, again, even if they didn't move the taxes, and they're probably going to, you would still not be in a lower one. So that is, I I agree with you. I think that's fiction as well. Yeah, it is now. It is now. Yeah. Okay. Term life insurance is better than whole life insurance, fact or fiction? It depends. Okay. This is, this could be either or. Well, it depends on why do you have it. So why are you buying insurance? That's the key to this thing. Can you buy more? Life insurance, term life insurance is really a misnomer. It's death insurance. Yeah, but they they couldn't sell it if they used that name. Well, I get that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Right. I I love that Uh, saying, though. People are like, they they literally, they they couldn't sell it if they called it death insurance, but that's what it was, you know, initially thought to be. Well, that's exactly right, because it, it only pays when you die. Yeah, doesn't have any curb so, appeal that way. So, yes, well, yeah, nobody's going to want to have that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, golly. But the, the, the key question is, why do you have it? Are you trying to buy them to replace income? Okay. And there's times when term insurance is, is the best idea, and there's times when it's not the best idea, and be, you be, go back, the, the alternative to that is a, is a cash value kind of policy uh and there's several different versions like of that a now. like an index universal life or something index universal life there's you know yeah or whole life or okay. it just depends on how you want to look at it mm-hmm. uh, why are you having life insurance it's the purpose behind it that's what makes it better or not um, and really so that's any that, financial tool right what is the purpose oh, yeah. behind it yeah th- yeah exactly now you can have doesn't mean you have to have one or the other you can have a combination of them true so you know, the, okay. the basic, I just want to cover the big death benefit component of this thing. So I want to spend the least amount of money and buy, you know, a 20 year fixed term policy. Gotcha. And then I'm going to do other stuff with other dollars, you know, but I've, I've you know, so yeah, it's, it's not an all or none. I got you. So, so with better being the key word in there, we're going to go fiction because it's a better way to phrase that. That's just making it a little too uh, well, cut that's, and dry. Yeah. 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 And I hate, you know, it's, you know, none of these have kind of a yes or no answer. Right. No, we're having a little bit of fun with it, but it gives us a chance to expand on them and talk about why you might want to consider the things. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Fact or fiction. Medicare, back to Sherry, will cover most of your medical needs. Again, most of your medical needs in retirement. Yep. That's the word. And and that would probably be fact. And again, I, yes, you're, you're correct, Mark. Sherry knows. Sherry knows all about this stuff. But here's the deal. If it's 80%, it's 80% of what they think the service that you're getting should be costing. Oh, okay. It's not just whatever the doctor charges. It's they have a they have a value for everything. Wow. So 80% of what they they deem it's to worth. What they deem to be appropriate. Interesting. Yeah. 
So, so if they gotta, deem, I don't know, uh, whatever, right, as a thousand bucks, but the doctor charges two, that's when you're on the hook for the difference. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So, and again, and that know, doesn't cover, that's like, I guess when you're thinking about hospital and stuff, but Medicare, a lot of people don't realize it doesn't cover dental. There's very little in the eye department. I think it covered a little true. bit for my mom's cataract surgery, but there's a lot of things it doesn't touch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so it's you, you, you need to know what you're getting when you get there and you don't want to delay signing up for an Ag 65 mm-hmm. right. because if you do, then there are some penalties that come into play. And just good golly, if you're getting close to 65 and you're not sure. We don't do Medicare insurance. We have a specialist that we work with that does it, but we know uh, we we collectively, Sherry specifically, <laughs> right? Trust me, you know. Talk to us. We'll put you in touch with the people, and you know, she knows it. Yeah, because learning now. about Part A and B, and then how it's going to, you know, and then drug, the supplements, plan and, and, right? And then do it D, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. A through yeah. Z, you know, the different add-ons. That's so, right. Alphabet soup. So, you know, as a fundamental rule, yes, it will cover most of our medical needs in retirement. Uh, and that's yeah. doctor's visits, hospital things, things of that nature. But there's definitely stuff out there it will not touch. And long-term care is certainly one of them. Yep. There is nothing oh, yeah, in, absolutely. in that arena. So, you know, if you need some help in that regard, make sure you're following up and having a conversation. And as Charles said, reach out to him. Let him know. Have a conversation with Sherry. They can help you with that. 480-513-1830. All right. One more here, Charles, I think, uh, and that'll do it for the bulk of the podcast. As you get older, we should shift from stocks to bonds. Fact or fiction? Uh, that's been fact-like for a long time. I guess the question ends up, I, I'm, I'm 60-40 is an arbitrary number. And somebody just picked it. Uh, yeah, it I heard it, sense. I had an advisor tell me it was a great way for advisors to ensure that they have a job because you could say, right. well, if something bad happens, you go, well, hey, well, only 40% really you know, took a hit, you know, or something yeah, good happens, you well, say, well, only 60%, you know, there's like, there's like ways you could kind of, you know, hedge your, your conversation based on a good 60-40. That's for the lazy advisor. Right, right. You know, I mean, yeah, I don't know, 60-40, you know, why is it that? Why isn't it 63-37? It's silly. Theoretically, bonds become, bonds are less at risk than stocks. And as you get older, you probably want to take less risk. Right. But in a rising interest rate environment, then if you own bonds, they're going to go down in value. So it makes no sense. You know? and, and bonds uh, have been the, very, the very no, volatile no, lately. Huh? Bonds have been very volatile lately. Oh, yeah, I yeah. know. It's not what you think it is. It's not like it used to be. It's different. It's just different. There are very few rules of thumb that make any sense. And I could tell you where I think you ought to stick the thumb, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but to, to be fair, again, we hear a lot of these things and, and just like anything, if it's, if it's beat over your head enough, you tend to think, Hey, that's what I should do. Cause I don't know enough about this world. So therefore I know I'm supposed to shift close, you know, more into bonds as I get older to reduce my risk. And so that's been the tried and true for a long time. To your point, it used to kind of be fact, but everything is so topsy turvy in the investing in finance and retirement world. Now that you really have to do yourself the favor of, of getting somebody to help you. You know, we talk about the fact that we live in the information age, you know, Charles, I think we live in the disinformation age because you can find out yeah. just, a, just as much false information as you can positive sure. or good information. Well, yeah. And, and the, the interesting comment I've heard about that lately was a t- testimony of misinformation and Rand Paul, the senator from you love him or hate him. I don't I'm irrelevant. But where he testified saying that, well, one person's misinformation is another person's fact. Right. And I thought, 
that's a fascinating way to look at it. And I think that's the way a lot of people look at, at a lot of different topics, depending on which side they're coming from. My contention is there's a way that makes sense and there isn't. Right. And unfortunately, um, that just doesn't hold yeah. a lot of water for a lot of things because, you know, one, you know, one person's fact is another person's fiction, if you will. Uh, the sun, you know, provides, you know, heat <laughs> and you can't really dispute that. But yet you can you can find an argument. You could go online and try to find an argument that will support your narrative. And so I think the same sure. thing comes to play when you're talking about trying to figure out the best way to handle your financial situation. If you've got your oh. mind made up, you can find anything that's going to support your narrative to say, yep, see, I was Absolutely. right. Yeah. I learned a long time ago that if you and I disagree on something, uh, and, but, you know, sort of think we ought to do it. We just don't know what percentage to do it in. Then I will just say, okay, so what do you think? You know, do you think it's a 50 50 that what you believe is reality and, or will happen? And if they say, yeah, I say, okay, then let's take half of what you've got and I'll do it my way and I'll take the other half and we'll do it your way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, why not? Yeah. Okay. And Because I really believe mine's better, but you believe yours is. I'm not going to try and change your mind. Let's just see which one works. Well, and, and to not? your yeah, and to your point earlier, you know, a lot of times again with working with the right, you know, it's got to be a two-way street. If you're turning to an advisor for help, uh, and you're not willing to take that help, then it's probably not the right fit for you. And you're just kind of wasting everybody's time. You, you know, you've got to be yep. willing to uh, implement some of those things that are in the place. And then, and then if you're not seeing the results you want or something like that, then that's worth having a conversation. But if you're turning yep. to someone for help, you've got to be willing to, to take that help. My wife tells me that all the time anyway. So, all right, well, that's going to do it for our fact or fiction. Charles, I want to finish up with just an email question here real fast. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. And uh, we've got one from Andy in Scottsdale who says, Charles, how much of my portfolio is it okay to have invested in just one stock? I got about $2 million, but almost half of that is in just one company. Well, the easy, quick, simple answer that is, is correct but isn't complete is you are gigantically underdiversified. Having said that, there's a lot more that needs to be found out about it because it depends on the company, depends on the stock. Are there tax issues? Is it in a taxable account? If you sold some of it to diversify, would you get hit with taxes? Is it part of your estate plan because you're going to pass it on to the kids because you, you got it at a very low cost basis? We have a good friend who's 96 now, bought Apple, and his cost basis is something like 25 cents a share. Something oh, wow. ridiculous. He's, <laughs> gonna, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go to the kids. He's not going to sell it. Trust me. Yeah. You know, because he, he would have to pay that on the step up, whereas the kids would not, at least as of right now, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, do you work for the company that you've got all this stock in? Because then it's then it's e probably then even more potentially dangerous for you because all your eggs in their financial basket. Yeah. And we have lots of clients that, you know, that have stock options and all this other stuff. And we're always trying to diversify away from that for the company that they're working for. They could have, you know, and pay the tax now and get it over with and do some other stuff with it. So gotcha. it's. Yeah, it's a the easy answer is yes. It's it's a, it's an you need to, but you there's so many moving parts to it that it, it merits a conversation. And you know, and it's a great question. And I you know, having never talked to Andy, happy to Andy call me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, kudos uh, for having having such uh, you know having such in your wheelhouse there. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and if you think you have a problem, it's a nice problem to have. But yeah. there are you know, but there are you know, it, it just again, it's uh, I rarely have answers. A lot of times it's 
what are the questions that need to be asked to be able to get, get to an answer? Well, you know, Andy, thanks for listening to the podcast. First of all, we certainly appreciate it. Second of all, yeah, definitely have a conversation. You probably have already been considering that anyway, but have a chat with an advisor. Yeah. You know, have a chat with Charles because, yeah, that's just a little bit too risky for my for my taste. You know, you being under, you know, diversified, if you will. You may have a lot of other things in diversification in your own portfolio. You may not. So sit down with an advisor, have a conversation. Charles is a fiduciary, as you know from your listening to the podcast. So, folks, if you need some help, reach out to him at PelotonCapital.com. That's PelotonCapital.com. While you're there, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you like, Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. You can search it, Financial Choices Matter, in their app, or you can just go to the website, PelotonCapital.com. And with that, we're going to wrap it up this week. Charles, thanks for hanging out with me. I hope you have yourself a great week. Say hi to Sherry for me. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. We'll see you next time here, folks, on Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.